And so we were up at my sister's uh, having a, a grand old time, eating way too much food, just enjoying things. And uh, I think my, my favorite part of Thanksgiving is always the aspect where you get to go over like what you're thankful for. Um, and me, um, for sake of time, I didn't give a testimony during pie and praise. Uh, you know, the whole, the, the plane is landing. Remember that part? Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so I, you know, but if I, you know, what I wanted to say is what I'm very, very thankful for is I'm thankful to be alive. Amen. Like, I, I am thankful that I am here. I am thankful that uh, my health is good. Right now, I got a little bit of uh, congestion going on or something in, with my throat, but I'm still feeling okay. But I, I'm, I'm thankful to be alive. And um, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for all you wonderful people that pray for me, that are there for me, support us. Um, and that's just such a huge blessing. But so here we are. We're in uh, Romans chapter 8. And so Romans chapter 8, and if you look with me down in verse number 14. So verse number 14, we'll start reading here. And we're just going to read to verse 17, and then we'll jump into this. But Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, I want you to really pay attention to this portion of Scripture. Um, this, 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 this portion right here is something that I hold on to extremely deeply, right? So I, I just want to read it again. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Um, so one of the things that uh, I, I notice a couple of different things about this portion of Scripture. One, the Spirit leads and adopts. Okay, this is, I, I think this is, this is kind of cool for me, right? So the Spirit leads and adopts. The Spirit does not lead us to fear. Fear, fear is something that, you know, and, and you've heard me talk about this quite a bit. Fear is something that for the past two years have, has just gripped my life a, a lot. Um, you know, battling cancer, going through those different things, moving from Wyoming to here. Wyoming, you know, listen, and I'm not going to say this rudely, right? Wyoming is in a beautiful, amazing state. My back, my back door view used to be um, Laramie Peak Mountains. I'd be drinking my coffee staring at mountains. Now I get to stare at a Walmart distribution center, right? That's awesome. <laughs> you know, but, I, and I'm going to be honest, I love being here, though. I love being here, but I do kind of miss the, those mountains. But it was scary moving, you know, from one side of the country to the other side of the country. But there was a lot of wonderful things that were pulling us here. One, uh, you know, there was a good Christian school. Uh, Pastor Monty has been a a friend of mine for a number of years. Um, he's somebody I've always looked up to as more of a mentor in my life and very thankful for, uh, thankful for him in, in my life and ministry. And so working for him, what a wonderful opportunity, being closer to family. There's all those different things, but there's still that fear of like, you're making a massive life change, you know, because in life we get comfortable with things, don't we? You know, we get, we get our little routines, you know. I love my morning routine. I love, I love my coffee a certain way. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to my coffee. Um, you know, like I like to, that's just the way I do things, right? You know, but there, when, when things change, it kind of throws things out. And sometimes that change can bring fear. But we have to understand this, that, <coughs> excuse me, fear is bondage. Hebrews 2, uh, 14 through 15 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, and through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver him through the fear of death, where all their lifetime subject to bondage. The Greek word here denotes fear because of weak character. Now I want to preface this a little bit. I have struggled with fear. So if I say something like that, please don't get offended. And besides that, the Bible says, they that do not love God's word are easily offended. Um, what was that? Uh, 
Psalms 168, one, or 119, 168. All right, so we can't be offended, amen, as Christians. All right, amen? That's not enough amens. There's some people going in there, I want to be offended right now, all right? No, but so anyway, going on. So, uh, but, but it, the, the, in, in this portion of scripture, it denotes weak character. <laughs> fear, fear creates bondage. People today are more willing to surrender their liberties <coughs> out of fear of death. How do we know that? Well, just look at what happened with COVID. We, people, you know, I, I used to struggle with the concept, um, you know, of end days and the mark of the beast. I really, really did. Like, this is America. Like, and my, my, my mentality is America, you know, young man going through the military, we love liberty, we love freedom, right? <coughs> and then what happens is, you know, this thing called COVID comes and all these people that love, li- <coughs> I am apologizing. Maybe I should take a drink of water. <coughs> Ooh. That was fun. It's okay to talk when I'm pausing because the, the silence is awkward for me. <laughs> so, but, but people willingly gave up so much freedom out of fear <coughs> in, the, in that moment. So fear, but here's the reality. <coughs> Let's do this for a second. <coughs> I just lowered the mic so it didn't blast your ear out. Now I'm going to take a drink of water. And if you would pray for me, because I also get to preach this Sunday morning, too. You know, yesterday my voice was wonderful. This morning, not so much. All right, we'll put that back. Okay, so, <clears throat> fear does not come from God. Now, this is something that, as I was studying, that really, really hit, hit me. Fear is a mark of an unsound mind. When someone is fearful, oh, that would be... <coughs> And that's not even a cheap one. That's a good one. <laughs> Ricola. Mm. Honey, too. All right. <coughs> I almost threw my trash inside here. I caught myself. <coughs> Fear is a mark of an unsound mind. Now, the reason why this one really str- I struggled with, because <coughs> when I got diagnosed, um, I got scared. I got really, really, really scared. I, I remember um, we had the, the colonoscopy. Something was wrong. They had already kind of hinted at the word cancer. <coughs> and then when they did that colonoscopy, and then I'm waking up, I'm waking up from the anesthesia, and the doctor comes in with not very good bedside manners, and all I hear is, it's bad, it's very advanced, it's cancer. <laughs> I lost it. I remember, I remember, I don't remember everything I said, but I remember I just really, really lost it. Why? Because now, now, what am I being, gra- what, am I, what am I being faced with? All of my fear. One of the things that I've been afraid of the most of my life, and the reason why I've been afraid of it the most of my life, is because my mom's battled cancer at least three different times. She's gone through these different things. It's been a part of our family. But all the cancer that was in our family was always female-related, not male-related. You know, and so there was no history of this type of cancer in our family. So you know, now, now I'm being faced with this, and, and it's scary. It's, it's scary. <coughs> but fear is also a lack of trust. When someone is fearful, they're not in control of their mind. Now this, one's hard. this one was really, really hard for me. When, when, when someone is being fearful, they're not in control of their mind. The mind is, is such a, an amazing and awesome and wonderful thing, but also in the same part, it can be such a terrible thing. Anybody here ever struggle with that inner voice of negativity? 
You know, uh, so the day's going, think, think about it like this. Your, your day's going absolutely amazing and you hear one bad comment about yourself. Right? What do you think about all day long after everything has gone amazing? The bad comment, right? You know, after, after a sermon, you can preach a sermon, everybody could be like, oh, this, we, thank you for the message, thank you for the message, thank you for the message. And then somebody would be like, man, you coughed too much in that message. What am I going to think about all day long? I really coughed too much during that message. You know, <coughs> there was another one. So, there's a difference between being fearful and being cautious, too. There's a difference between being fearful and cautious. <coughs> now we come to this point. The Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit brings adoption, which leads to power. All right? So, um, if you know anything about me, my last name is Paradowski. What a long, awesome last name, right? Paradowski. Now, now, how many of us know what kind of last name that is? That ski is the big indicator of what kind of last name that is. Steve? Polish, right? But when you look at me, I don't look very Polish, what, you don't look very Polish? No, I'm not, I'm not. Here's the thing. I am not Polish an iota in my blood, my DNA. I'm actually Irish and Native American. Yeah, yeah. Now, I remember the first time that my senior pastor back in Wyoming, Roy Phillips, found out that I was Native American. And when I say Native American, I'm not talking like, I got an eighth of this or that. No, I'm like half, okay? And so, here's the thing, but... Now, when I, when I first told him that, we're in Wyoming, right? Cowboys, Indians. And he goes, ooh, we're not going to tell the congregation that you're part Indian. Because <laughs> there's a lot of cowboys out there. But anyway, so how does, and I really, really want you to think about this, because I've already given it away, but hopefully, hopefully you're following along and you get it. How does an Irish Native American kid get a Polish last name? Let me, let me give you a hint. The Spirit brings adoption, which leads to power. Does anybody get it now? Help me out. I can't speak too much because my voice, all right? So adoption, all right? So adoption, right? So my dad, my dad is very Polish, right? He's, he's not my birth father. He's my adopted dad. I love him. I love him. Uh, I care about him. He is my dad. Um, I remember one time, I remember one time, cause, and I really think about my dad a lot when it comes to this portion of scripture. Why? Um, when you look at verse number 18, or not 18, but 15. For we have not received the spirit of, again to, uh, spirit of uh, bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba there is a, is a term of endearment. Think about it like daddy, right? One of the things that I absolutely love about my daughter Emma is I can't mess up in her eyes and her not love me at that age. You know, it takes a lot of work <coughs> for parents to ruin that love sometimes because they just freely offer it to us. And so the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I, you know, that I love my dad is he's also my protector. He cares about me. He, he's, he's there for me. I remember one time as a young man, um, we, had this, we had this little uh, gas station that we would, we would go and get candy from. And so in Michigan, you could take uh, returnables, you know, pop cans and bottles and stuff like that, return them for 10 cents. And so as kids, we'd ride around on our pedal bikes, and we'd go get different things like that, <coughs> uh, bottles and cans, and we'd take them to the little store, and we'd exchange them and get candy, right? I mean, awesome. <coughs> Here was part of the problem. In between me and that place was this little uh, trailer park, and inside that trailer park was a bunch of kids that didn't like me. I don't know why they didn't like me. They just didn't like me. I think part of it was is it was air, they were, uh, most of them were Air Force kids, and I wasn't. And Anyway, so <clears throat> I remember I, I would always cut it through like trails to get around them, right? 
And so I got there, I got my candy, and I wasn't thinking. I was kind of dumb. I was kind of dumb at that point. Well, still kind of am, but anyway. So I was coming back, and, and I went by their place, not even thinking about it. Not even thinking about it. But I got, I got, I got, I got kind of close, and all of a sudden I see them all at the edge of the, the trailer park looking right at me. There's like five, six of them, right? And they're all looking at me, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm a dead duck. I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pedal faster. I'll get by them, right? Well, I didn't. So they all, they all race across the highway, and they grab my bike, and they surround me, and they're like, we're going to beat you up, Mr. Paradowski, blah, blah, blah. And they're just yelling all kinds of terrible things at me. And here's the thing. I'm a little guy, right? I'm much bigger now, but I'm a little guy back then. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm done. They're going to pound me, right? And then all of a sudden, my, my despair turned to hope. Do you know why? Because at the end of my road, right behind those kids, <coughs> I seen my dad pull up. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It was a different time then. We didn't have cell phones and internet and all these different things. I'm old, right? And remember, age is a gift. But anyway, so we, I saw my dad, and, he, and he, he pulls up, and he sees what's going on. And he, he pulls, he screams. I mean, you hear the car, wah! He pulls over, slams it in park, hops out of that car, and he grabs the ringleader. Because they all got scared as soon as that car pulled up behind them, right? They all get scared and they kind of back away. He jumps out of there. He grabs the ringleader, picks him up off the ground, looks him right in the face and gives him a lecture. You want to gang up on my son? He goes, I'll, I'll beat you all down right now. Like, I mean, he just let him have it. Now, okay, I'm not saying what he said was right. <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> you know, our relationship with our Heavenly Father should bring hope in our lives. We, we face a lot of fears. We face a lot of uncertainty. We face a lot of problems. But there's power in knowing our Heavenly Father. That, that, that hope that when, when things are dark, He brings light into our lives. You see, God gives the believer all the spiritual resources that believers need for every trial and threat. You know, we, we have access to the power. I remember... Um, I was watching a message by R.B. Olette, and he had a, a vacuum. And it was kind of weird. He had a vacuum, and he was talking about, you know, he's like, this is a vacuum. <coughs> and he starts going around with it, you know. It's not on. He hit the power button, but it's not on. And he's like, this vacuum is absolutely worthless because there's no power. And he plugs it in, and then he hits the power button again, and now it turns on. Now it can function. You know, we're, we're the vacuum. We, 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 need, we need to be connected to God in order to have power to go through this life. As believers, we have to be close to Him so we have the proper power that we need to go through this life, especially trials. Matthew 10, uh, a couple of verses, it says here, uh, 10, 19, But when they delivered you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not... Ye that speak, but the spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Persecution, part of fear will come. Uh, do I think that in America we're getting closer to persecution? 100%. 100%. But you know, one of the things about persecution, the separation of the chaff and the wheat, right? We, we talk about that. But also, it gives us an opportunity to be bold in our faith. You know, the darker the situation, the brighter the light. That'll never change. The darker the situation, the brighter the light. So persecution will come whether it's nationally or personally, and a well-prepared, disciplined mind will be guided by the Holy Spirit on how to respond. The Holy Spirit will also bring comfort. Christians that are diligent in studying the word correctly will, will, will have the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.19, um, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3.16-19. 
what, uh, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. God doesn't want us to be, have weak character when it comes to our Christian walk. He wants us to be strengthened through the Holy Spirit and the power of his word so that we can operate the way we're supposed to be. You know, when I, when I look at, when I look at um, the past couple of years and some of the fear and the problems I faced, you know, sometimes I would lose sight of the good that God is doing. I still remember what my sister said to me. How much good does God have to show you before you start believing it? But when our mind starts getting stuck on the negative, well, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Yeah, but what is good? I remember it was, a, it was about a year and a half ago, <coughs> Pastor Monty challenged me. He challenged me. He goes, I want you to write a book one day. And I said, well, I'm not that much of a good writer. And uh, I said, I, I tell you what, how about I put together a bunch of notes and you write the book? And he goes, sure. <laughs> so I'm doing that. But he goes, what I want you to do is, he goes, I want you to write down all the blessings you have received. Because we can get stuck on the negative. He goes, I really, really want you to have that. And he goes, and when it, when it gets dark out, go back to those blessings and read through them and remember what God has done for you. So I, I remember I got my little journal thing out. I was sitting at my desk and I started writing down blessings. Do you know how long I sat there for an hour and a half? And I didn't even realize an hour and a half had passed of just writing down little things that God had done. Little areas, comfort, encouragement, different things that, that have really, really uplift me. And, and for after an hour and a half of writing, I remember I, 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 I kind of looked back. I looked at the time and went, wow, oh man, it's late. And then I went, God has really blessed me. And I bet you all of us, all of us could sit here and do something similar if we just started looking at what God has done for us in a positive way. God loves us. God cares about us. But we got to have a strong mind so that we can keep focused on him. Continuing on. Divine power belongs to believers. Oh, man, that's, that's, kind of a hard, that's kind of a big statement. Oh, let's read the Bible. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 says this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Verse number 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him as his own right hand in the heavenly places. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's important. That's, that, that's kind of, for me, that's kind of game changer, right? Let me read that again. <clears throat> now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. I, there, listen, I don't think God just throws words together to throw words together. Just my personal opinion. I think that, that every word has a purpose and a reason behind it. And when, I, when I, and when I think about that, that there's a purpose and reason, and I look at this, God is adding all kinds of wonderful words to this sentence. Let's take a look at them, right? So again, I'm in Ephesians 3.20. Knowing him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding, I said exceedingly, but exceeding, abundantly. You know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind if one day my, my checking account was exceeding abundantly above all that I thought it was. <laughs> Amen? Right? That, that wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. Well, not one bit. I had a friend, he had uh, extra money dumped into his account on accident from the bank. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Spend it? And I said, no, I'd call the bank and make sure this is legit first. You know, but I mean, just, you know, one day you open your account and you're like, wow, there's seven more zeros in my checking account that should be that shouldn't be there. You know that would be that I wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. I'd be a little nervous, but in the same sense, I wouldn't hurt and be offended. 
you know, when, when it comes to, to, to life and health, you know, when I, when I think about things, you know, God has done exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask. Especially think. There's some things that God has worked out for us that I never thought I would ever, ever see. You know, one of the reasons why I had such a, a battle last year with cancer was because of insurance. When we moved from Wyoming to here, insurance went from a PPO to an HMO. And if you don't know what those words mean, look them up. It's terrible. PPO is amazing. HMO is terrible. Um, you know, so <clears throat> anyway, I got cut off from my hospital. Couldn't get any help. Couldn't get anything worked out. Uh, and I remember what happened is, is uh, I, I jumped onto this thing called an EPO, Extended Provider Network. I didn't know much about it. Didn't understand it. I can only do insurance through the marketplace. My hospital says, you know, we, we, we can't take this insurance. I'm sorry. You know, the marketplace told me that my hospital does take it. And, blah, you know, and there's this back and forth. And, and I, you know, I remember, like, okay, now what am I going to do? Now I can go to a few extra hospitals versus that HMO thing. But now I'm, I'm kind of stuck. And, and I, I, you, know, I, you know, nobody's taking me serious. It's taking forever to get appointments. It's taking forever to get chemo started. You know, I, you know, I was just kind of defeated. And then all of a sudden I get a call from the hospital. And they're like, hey, we just entered contract with that insurance. You're the very first person that's ever had this done. Never thought that's how things would work out. And then I got back to the hospital, and, you know, while I was pouting and crying and, and kind of being down on myself, I didn't realize all the stuff that was going in the background that the hospital was doing just to work, just to get me back. They had lawyers involved. They had execu executives involved. They had, they had all kinds of different people, you know, working and, and trying to get things worked out. And I mean, that's more than I asked. That was more than I thought. And I remember what the you know I remember what the I remember what uh, Lee said to me. She goes, she goes. Here's the thing. She goes. Now we can call. She goes. Right now I can call four patients and let them know that we, we can help them now. And, and I you know one of the things that I, I thought was I'm glad that my suffering had a purpose because if it if it hadn't been for what I went through, this wouldn't have happened. And as a result of what I went through, others received help. You know a lot of times when we're we're facing hardships and fears, we get kind of self-centered about it. Well, this is what's happening to me. Yeah, but you understand that during those trials and during those struggles and during those different issues, that's an opportunity for us to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we can't shine for him properly if we don't got our mind fixated on him. If we're not relying on the Holy Spirit. And God's already given us a promise. This morning we're going to be talking about precious promises, but he's already giving us a promise here in Ephesians 3 to do exceedingly above, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Power leads to love. Love is characterized by self-denial uh, self, uh, and self-sacrifice for the benefit of others. That is the, the mark of a true Christian. When you think of love, think of, think of the love that you hold for your children. There is nothing, there is nothing I wouldn't do to help my kids properly. Right? If they're like, Dad, help us rob a bank, that's a different story, right? You know, real love wouldn't enable that bad behavior, but real love is going to try to correct the behavior. But, I, I mean, listen, if, if, my son, if, my son, if, if, if my son was dying and they needed parts out of me to fix him, they can have them. I tell them, I tell them all the time, I love you more than my own life. Because I do. Because I, I, I do. That, that's that, that's that, that, that love. Love has that, God has that love for us. Love and reverence of, for Christ leads to the consecration of a true holy God. Self-control, power leads to self-control. Self-control is properly prioritized 
by a mind consecrated. This is the opposite of fear. When, when you look at, now one of the things that I, I love uh, about the Bible is God shows us human characteristics in so many different ways, right? My favorite, my, my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, uh, apostle has to be Peter, right? Peter was amazing. Peter, Peter, Peter is us now, right? Peter put his foot in his mouth. Anybody ever put your foot in your mouth on accident, right? Yeah, <laughs> a couple honest people, right? But, you know, we say stuff, we do stuff, you know, make mistakes, you know. Oh, but, you know, what about, what about Peter when, when he denied the Lord and he was, he was warming his hands by the fire and the cock crew? Oh, what a terrible... Okay, okay, I love that. You know why I love that? Because people that get critical of, that, of, of Peter in that area don't hand out gospel tracts. Because they get scared. The entire city came down on Christ. Right? Everybody was turning their back. Everybody was running. Everybody was scared of what's going to be next. Because they got scared. Right? Peter repented. Peter turned his life around. I'm not saying his actions were right. But I can sympathize with some of his actions. But Peter's also the individual that when, when Christ was preaching in John 6, and everybody left, everybody left, and Jesus turns around and he says to them, will ye also go away? And Peter had this, the greatest response ever. Where should we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Sometimes we can get afraid. Sometimes we can get scared. But we've got to recognize a couple of things. One, it's my mind. My mind, it's not that fear is not from God. God doesn't bring fear into our lives because fear is bondage. It's not from God. That fear is that, that inner man, that inner voice that I got to keep quiet. And I can't let him have more voice than, than, than he should have. And I need to keep my mind focused on the power of God and focus on, on his works. The Spirit bears witness. The children of God, I love this, 16 and 17. In Roman culture, for an adoption to be legally binding, seven reputable witnesses had to be present attending to its validity. God's Holy Spirit confirms the validity of our adoption. The Holy Spirit gives us power, but it's up to us to access that power. What do I mean by that? Listen, you can't grow in Jesus Christ if you're not reading your Bible. You cannot grow in Christ if you're not going to church. I am thankful for church. I am thankful for the people that God has brought together. And I'm not talking about the building. We have a nice building. We have a nice auditorium. We, we got this temperature control thing. That's awesome. We don't got to, you know, there's some places that they're holding church and they got to wear coats. I candidated a church out in Rhode Island and uh, it was uh, built in, I believe they said the 1600s and they still had stoves in the corner that they would have to light so people could stay warm during winter. <laughs> I am thankful that's not our situation today, right? What a blessing, what a blessing. You know, but <clears throat> he says here, going on, he says here, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. I remember this, this story and I had, to look, I, I, I had to look into this, you know, upon reading and I had to look into this thing because it was such a, a gripping story. You know, one of the things that, that I enjoy is positive stories. I like following positive news, right? Uh, our society, it, it just thrives on negativity. You know, you look at the media, you look at the news, it's always, always negative. But I like, I like positive stories. I like positive stories. I saw this one positive story, this kid in the UK, still alive. I think he's only like 19, 20 or, or 19 or 20 years old. 
But when he was like 17, he decided that, that he was going to perform one kind act for a stranger every single day. He was voted, he was voted in UK as the friendliest person in the country. <laughs> All he was doing was just being kind to people and performing one kind act for a stranger a day. You know, what would, you know, just think about this. What if Faith Baptist adopted that? We just went, everybody went out and said, you know what, every single day I'm going to do something kind for a stranger. I bet you we can make quite the difference in our community. Amen? You know, you know, you know some of the best interactions I've had with people is just being kind to them. You ever run into that cranky person? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I do in those situations? Especially cranky waitresses. I make it my mission to put a smile on their face. Amen? Oh, they're mean and they're this. Yeah, but it's my, I'm the Christian. I'm the one that has it. So anyway, going on. So, but I read this story. In 1994, there was a genocide that was started by an ethnic group called the, the, the Hutu. They were bent on eliminating the, the Tutsis. I'm totally slotting these names and I apologize. It is estimated that over 800,000 to 1 million people were killed in this genocide. When the French legionnaires were in Rwanda, now you know what I'm talking about, filming, filling mass graves, one lieutenant was watching in horror as a mass grave was being covered by bulldozers. He was looking upon the grave, and he, and he spotted a small hand reaching through the bodies. He small, and and what, 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 what he noticed was the hand was moving. He quickly ran into the graves, crawling over dead bodies to discover a young boy who was barely alive. He moved bodies and pulled that young boy out and rescued him from the grave. The boy was being cared for in a temporary clinic, but he was still not eating or struggling, and he was and struggling to drink. It was, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was as if his motivation to live was gone, which I completely understand everything he witnessed as a young man. One of the nurses noticed that when the lieutenant came around, uh, he would have a, a small spark so she asked him if he would spend some time with the boy. The lieutenant began to visit and eventually took the young boy on rides in his Jeep. The boy started to eat. He started to regain his strength. The two became very close, and the lieutenant, being so moved by his relationship with the boy, he made a commitment. He committed to giving that child all the privileges he could ever offer to him. He made, him a, commitment. He made a commitment to raise that young boy as his own. You see, that is what God has done for us. He pulled us from a sin-sick world and gave us all the privileges of being one of his own, heirs to his kingdom. Isn't that an amazing thing to think about? We were the ones drowning in death, in sin, in sickness. And God is the one that reached down and pulled us out of that and not just saved us from that life, but made us heirs to his kingdom. Rome, notice, go back with me in Romans 8, 17. And it says this, And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. So be that if we suffer with him, that may we be also glorified together. There's something to understand about that. The Bible doesn't say, do X, and you'll face no problems in life. It doesn't say that. Actually, it talks about suffering. It talks about problems. It talks about trials. 
And I think it's vitally important that we keep control of our minds so that we can focus in those times when they come and those problems come, that we can focus. But on top of that, I think we should look at trials as an opportunity to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what it should be about. How can we glorify Him? What can I do to bring... Listen, if I'm going to have power, I need to have the right perspective. I need to have the right attitude. What's the right attitude? I'm a child of His. What's the worst? What's the worst this world can throw at me? Death? That means heaven. Now, I'll be honest. I want to stick around for a little bit longer. I'd love to see my kids grow up. Amen? I'm jealous of, of, of people that are older than me. Why? You have something I haven't achieved yet. Amen? Age. Age is a gift. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Age is a gift. Continuing on. We are joint heirs with Christ. Colossians 1.12 says this. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us <clears throat> met to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. No matter the amount of suffering as believers ever may face, have to face, they should never forget the promises of, of verse 17 may be also glorified together. Now, I want you to drop down as we, we come, as we come to a close here. Look with me in verse number 18. We read to 17. Now, I want you to look at verse number 18 with me. For I reckon, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the, what does that word say? Let's say it with a little bit more oomph. What does that word say? Glory. Right? with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, I don't understand God's plan all the time. I just know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to keep control of this so that this stays in check and that I can perform as a Christian the way I'm supposed to perform. I, I, I'm supposed to be a light. I'm supposed to be kind. I'm supposed to be forgiving. I'm supposed to be tender-hearted. I am supposed to be a witness for the cause of Christ. But I can't do that on my own. I can't do that unless I'm connected to him properly and I'm, I'm accessing the power that he gives me. I can't do that if I'm not reading my Bible. I can't do that if I'm not attending church. I can't do that if I don't have a, a dedicated prayer life. A while back, I realized that my, my prayer life was slacking a little bit and I had to make some changes. Why? Because I was, my mind was getting out of control. I, I, was, I, was, I was focusing too much on negative things. I was focusing too much on problems instead of looking at what God is trying to do. Hey, the darker the situation, the brighter the light. But if I'm not lighting that, if I'm not keeping my light lit, people can't see. Never forget who you are in Jesus Christ. And if I could challenge you this, never forget the price that was paid for you. That's how much God loves you. He loves you so much that when He looked down at your sin, your sin, He sent Jesus Christ to the cross to pay that sin price. <coughs> Made it 20 minutes. What an amazing thing without coughing. <laughs> I thought somebody was going to clap. <laughs> but never forget the price that was paid for you. 
Never forget the love that was showed. My favorite, one of my favorite Bible verses. But God commanded his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It didn't say he died for us because we're amazing. He died for us because we were lost in our sin. When we receive Christ as Savior, we become a child of God, and as a result of belonging to the Heavenly Father, we are heirs to his kingdom. We should not live fearfully through this world. Amen? Oh, but what about the election? We should not live fearfully through this world. What about? We shouldn't live fearfully through this world. Do you understand that we've had it better than the majority of Christians of times past? As a whole, we've had freedoms, we've had all kinds of amazing opportunities and liberties. And just because those go away doesn't mean that we're supposed to be a scared, a scared. <laughs> doesn't mean we're supposed to live in fear. But it means that we're supposed to still shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to close on this verse. Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope. Amen? And the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's close. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for the opportunity to be here and I thank you for the chance to just be a part of this wonderful church. And Father, as we close in prayer, I just want to thank you for just uh, allowing us to be able to come and worship and meet and greet. But also, Lord, we just want to thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity to not live in the spirit of bondage, but that we can live in the hope of your appearing. I pray this in your son's name. Amen. <clears throat> oh, mic's off. <laughs>